The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains, and we're lucky to have returning to us today Joseph Lento, the maestro, the professional musician, but most of all, the teacher who really gets that all of our brains are different. Joseph, welcome back to Different Brains. Dr. Reitman, it's an absolute pleasure to be here again. Thank you so very, very much. Well, thank you. If there's a parent out there or a kid or an adult like myself who's thinking of going into learning music, how do you suggest picking out the instrument? Well, the, the one thing is, um, and it's a great question you ask, uh, Dr. Whiteman, great question. How do you go about it? And I say first, go by what you want to play. Now, that may not be the best answer, but at least the student will have had the opportunity to, to pursue the instrument that interests them the most. I know that my job, when I have a class of 30 or 40 students, times that by five times a day, I really have to make strategic decisions. And my training allows me to automatically size up, for lack of a better term, an instrument to the actual physiognomy of a person's face, which has a lot to do with the brass and woodwind instruments. But it's not the end-all answer. I could think one thing, and with all my experience, I could be wrong. So till this day, I still let the student play whatever instrument they want in my classroom, even if I think it's not the right fit for them. Well, you, had, okay. your, you had your experience when you were young. <laughs> and you got turned down. Absolutely. I have students sometimes who want to play the clarinet and their fingers are very, very thin. And in order to negotiate the clarinet, you have to cover the holes. And I'll never stop a student from doing that. I'm going to give out a trade secret right now. I hope if there are any music teachers listening, if you have students that have slim fingers and they want to play the clarinet but can't cover the holes, have them put those little finger um, covers on them that they sell in the uh, CVS. Um, they're like little surgical gloves that go over your fingers. You put that on a student's fingers and automatically those holes are covered and uh, you've got that. So there are ways to help students negotiate their physical um, deficits when it comes to negotiating an instrument. Well, they, you just solved it with finger cuts. That's great. Oh, that's what you call them. There you go. Now, do you have any further career goals? You've had such a great career and are doing so many different things and your love of teaching and music. Thank you for asking. Um, it would be, um, it, it, one of my goals is to, while I love my students where I am, um, I've been in the, New York City, in the New York City and New York State system a long time. And I would at some point like to um, branch out and maybe go in and assist um, music teachers with their approach to music. 
and for them to realize that it's not about preparing for a concert. It's about preparing minds um, to open up. And when you open up a person's mind through music, you open up the entire person. You open up their negotiating skills. You open up their, their heart, their soul, and they become better people for it. And so I would like to see where music teachers are teaching more from that perspective as opposed to it being a, another academic course with a lot of rigor, which it should be. But in my mind, it's not. It's more about using the inherent qualities of music to open up the individual. So I'd like to try and do uh, a lot more of that if I can and really go into the special needs community much more than I'm able to do right now. Now, I know you're modest and I know you've just started this, but I want to use this interview to encourage you to really do it. Tell us about your plans to write a children's book. Um, yeah, I'm, what I've realized is, and, and it wouldn't necessarily be just a children's book, I happen to be the kind of guy that um, I remember when I was in school, when we were learning long division, I didn't do it the way the teacher did it, but I got the answers. And I always found myself doing things, um, how, you know, in, in terms of how my brain related to what was going on. And fortunately, the teachers were so terrific that they said, it's okay, uh, Joseph, you don't have to do it that way as long as you keep getting the answers. You don't have that that much in the world today anymore. And I want to be able to continue to be a person who said, says, I don't care how you get the answer, just as long as you're getting it and you're enjoying it. To that end, <clears throat> I've also realized that people perceive information differently. I'm the kind of person that loves a picture and a story. Show me a picture and show me the, the paragraph and how they connect. And for many years, I've been developing a series of photos that go along with a phrase or, you know, a paragraph, something I've come up with. And I think that there were lessons in that for both the people who learn visually and those who don't really have the patience to sit down and read two chapters, which can be wonderful, on something they, that gets to them in a short amount of, you know, with as much smaller amount of words. So the book I've been quietly writing has to do about that. It's There are hundreds of photos and phrases that have everything from academics to spiritual kinds of things, um, leadership qualities. And I think that especially people in our special needs community might really, it might really resonate with them. So they can say, oh, I like that picture. It reminds me of this. And they'll read what's there because often people buy with their eyes and they don't buy the words first. They buy the picture first. Um, any car I've ever bought, I like the way it looks before I ask, you know, how many horsepower does it have? And that's how I think. So I think and I teach, I mean, rather, I teach the way I think. Well, it's good that you recognize that uh, each of our brains has a different way of uh, inputting information. And you go with the flow. Like, you're a visual kind of guy, right? Somebody else might be different. It's just the same thing as 
we don't teach a blind student the same techniques with the way we would teach a deaf student. It's kind of kind of silly to scream at a deaf student. It's kind of silly to write on the blackboard for a blind student. And so we have all these different modifications of how our brains are. Certainly, I think all of our brains are rewiring with modern social media to um, have a shorter attention span, be more visual. Videos and photographs are, you know, getting, the videos are getting shorter and shorter, <laughs> you know, more and more, and the words are getting less and less. So that goes along with what you're saying. But uh, the, uh, the samples I saw that you sent were just great, and I'd really like to encourage you to, you know, do that project. That'll be great. Well, that's really coming for you. That's a, a big compliment. Thank you very, very much. I saw a TV piece that featured you and Kong Do and Newt. And uh, you want to talk a little bit about some of the, the special people you've met who also get that all of our brains are different? Yeah, and you mentioned a panel there that uh, was absolutely wonderful. And thanks to um, Angela and Peter Hart, who run... Um, Spotlight on Biz on Manhattan Cable, um, they're very involved in um, bringing the attention to special needs people and how all of our brains work differently. And the young man, Eli, that was on that show is a wonderful example of a young man who at one point just had no ability to even control his own body movements. And he had all the, you know, um, signs of, of someone with you know severe autism and that young man is about one of the most articulate um and, and brilliant young people i've ever spoken to and he's not alone there are thousands of young people who need guidance and need the help that music can do and bring to people to help them evolve into the best person they can be he, he's a singer um He's just an incredible young man, and through my career, I've met students who have absolutely no affect sometimes, and they become the most effective person in my school band. Beyond a doubt, they, they, that, that affect outside of the music room and the effect that they have when that instrument is in their hand is unbelievable. They are, it, it just fascinates me, and I know I'm, I get goosebumps when I talk about it uh, because I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happens. Uh, of course, I can talk about it technically and all, but there's how that actually happens is still amazing to me to this day. And I'm very fortunate to have been given the chance to fail and pers persist and follow my love of music and to finally be given a chance by educators who believed in me. And all I'm doing is sharing all that they taught me. Joseph, it's been a pleasure having you back here again, here at Exploring Different Brains. Joseph Lento, thank you so much. Dr. Reitman, the pleasure once again is all mine and my hat's off to you and your wonderful organization. Continued success, thank you. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.